stories, real stories from real midwives. This is Head on View. Day in the life. <laughs> she said, What? These are our stories. Hello and welcome to another ep of Head on View. I'm Carly. I'm Laura. I'm Penny. Hi. So this week we are talking about medication errors. So I think this topic first came up for us because a little while ago, you guys might remember there was an article in the paper. That's old school. When I say paper, I mean I read it on Facebook. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, so I saw this article saying how this woman had been given 10 times the dose of morphine in labor and unfortunately that ended in a stillbirth for her baby. And I remember like just reading the headline going, oh my God, that's shocking. Like, how does that happen? And the next thing I thought was, there's no way this happened in Australia. Must have happened somewhere else. It must have happened overseas. Yes, that is just what I thought. And then when I clicked on the article to read more, unbelievable, this happened in Australia, happened in WA. I read the article and I was shocked. I could not believe that that sort of medication error could happen. Like something so severe. Yeah. But then I thought it happened for you to make an error like that. Hang on, say that again, Law, because my, my stuff just... Um, my connection just dropped out and you sort of froze. So just say that. Oh, did I? So I'll be like, oh, I can't believe that just happened. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Oh, so, I said yeah. like, uh, oh, I said something about um, it's, it shouldn't be, it's surprising, but it's not, it really shouldn't be. Like compared to, you know, a first world country um, where we have access to everything, making medication errors so severe that you're, baby dies or the mother dies like it's no different than you know this happening in a third world country but what how how does this happen here i know so i think for anyone that doesn't work within sort of the medical industry there's a lot of process or not a lot but there's processes we're meant to follow when we're giving these medications so obviously things like morphine would be checked out by two midwives or two nurses to make sure you're giving the correct dose the order has to be written by a doctor as well and then when you go to the patient you know it's meant to be two people checking it as well to make sure so there are procedures to make sure that this doesn't happen yeah but it did happen right so if two people checked out a medication two people got it wrong how they actually gave this like it says 10 times, I'm just quickly squeezing the article now because I was lazy. It says 10, 10 times the legal dose of morphine. So they're talking about 100 milligrams of morphine. Yeah. Like, how is that possible when you get like a 10 milligram vial? The only thing I'm assuming, because obviously we don't know all the ins and outs of this case because we can only go with what we read. So in, mm. nor, in presentation that I have seen within hospitals that I've worked in, morphine would come in an ampule, 10 mgs to 1 mil. Okay, in the birth suites that I had previously worked in, that was all we kept on stock. And I spoke to people who worked in other areas of the hospital and they said, oh, sometimes, you know, in stock, we would have 100 mgs in two mils. So that's the, you know, the 10 times the legal dose. 
And they, I think someone said they kept it in emergency or some other place they worked. And I was like, okay, well, I've never seen that, you know, kept in the same drug room. So to me, I was like, has the wrong medication been put in there or do they keep everything in the same one? But recently I have been travel nursing, so working around some different hospitals. And the hospital I'm in now, in the drug cabinet, we have got morphine vials, the 10-in-1, which you normally do. Then we also have right next to it, morphine 15 in one. So not too much difference. Oh. But then next to that, we have pethidine, which is similar to morphine, sort of another opioid. And that is 102. And they're all in, you know, these clear glass vials. So, but I mean, you are meant to pick it up and read it and not just pick it up and go, yeah. And the second person is meant to pick it up and read it as well. And, and I mean, I know those vials are... Well, for people like me who are older, I find them hard to read. So I have to like turn them around a little bit, read them, you know, like anything that's clear yeah. and the writing is small, but that's why you get someone else to check it. And it's sort of, it's sort of like when you, when you do a medication for say a neonate, like a baby, and you come up with a really strange amount that seems really large, you go, oh, that seems like a lot for a baby. So you question it, right? So that's why you double check it with someone else. So it makes me think, how could someone think that was an okay amount of morphine to give someone? And then I thought, maybe they just don't give it a lot or they don't know. Or maybe, and it, obviously, again, we are just trying to speculate to work out why this could yeah. Were the staff members, were they very new? Were they highly yeah. understaffed so that they didn't have the time to check properly because they were sure. so busy? Which, is, again, is like... Is not trying to justify what happened, but trying to look at the reasons so that obviously something like this cannot happen again. Because no one goes to work, um, especially in the situation we're in, it's nurse and midwives, no one goes to work wanting to harm someone. And I guarantee every nurse or midwife at some point in their career would have had a medication error. What do you think, like, what do you think are the main reasons for medication errors to occur? Like, I can think of like a few really obvious ones. And the, to me, the most obvious ones is junior staff checking medications with other junior staff. Yeah. Another one I was thinking is drug charts. Um, obviously, you're only meant to give what is on the drug chart, but how many times have you looked at a drug chart? And I know everyone, it's a joke. Oh, doctor's handwriting, you can't read it. It's so many times I've picked it and I'm just like, I don't even know what this says. And so, for example, yeah. I had a drug chart and... I could barely read it. And this is what was written on there. It was K-E-Z-O-L. Like, oh, no, it was K-E-F-Z-O-L, Kepsol. So obviously he meant Kepazolin, but that's not even spelt with a K. It's spelt with a C. C. <laughs> yeah. like, it was like K-E-F-Z-O-L. And it was just like, well, you know, and you could barely read it. But I was like, the helps can't even be bothered to do their job properly. Is that described? That sounds like I was prescribed in the hood. Just give us some Kefsol. She'll be right, mate. Yeah. I think nurses need to also, like, especially if you're a new nurse, like, this is your responsibility. You can't just be mm. like, oh, the doctor prescribed it, so I gave it. Like, you have got to know, like, what you're giving and that it's safe to give. Yeah, exactly. And I think another one of the other reasons is time management. So if you're rushed or it's an emergency or you know, you've got a really heavy patient load and, you know, you've got very high acuity with your patients and you've got a lot going on, um, or you've got similar names of patients. 
things like that. That's also like, we see that a lot. You know how we have stickers, like in our hospital, we have stickers. Yeah. If there's like a similar patient name or same patient name, but you know, that's why we have those. What is it? It's not five rights of medication. How many are there now? I think there's like <laughs> seven. I swear they go seven. up all the time. Maybe there's 12. I don't know. We should, we should research that. Well, they changed <laughs> when I was studying. I they think changed. it was five or seven, but you know, at the end of the day, as long as you're doing your checks and making sure that this is the right thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, go so ahead. Currently, ten. So there's a lot. So ten. Yeah. I think um, it also is more in nursing and midwifery, just because of the complex nature of each of the patients. I know when I was nursing that, you know, doctors will write quickly in their notes, "Oh, cease blah blah blah," but they never actually cease it on the drug chart. People just keep giving it and. Then people end up with a longer stay for over you know two weeks, and they need more drug charts and medications get missed and rewritten wrongly and. And definitely, yeah. in my small exposure to uh, ward nursing, you find these patients. <laughs> well, I haven't done that much ward nursing, so but I haven't done any. Thankfully, not a fan. <laughs> often you'd see patients who sometimes have four or five drug charts, and you've got four patients who have all got four or five drug charts. And it's to the point, if you're not working in this area all the time and you look at all these drugs, you're just like, I've got no idea what all of these do. And yeah. I mean, let's be honest here. Do I know we're saying, oh, you need to take time and do this, but do you have time to Google every single one of these drugs and check what they are? Yeah. And Realistically have time to go through an entire progress note, trying to find out whether mm -hmm. or not that drug was ceased. Was it written that it was ceased? Was it written that it was increased or decreased? And it hasn't been changed. Like realistically for ward nurses who are looking after, you know, surgical and dementia patients who have really heavy loads, as opposed to midwifery, we're, uh, we're luckier that we know, unless someone's really sick, we, we know what basic medications we're giving. Are you realistically going to go through and... Do that. I mean, I know you get handover, but what if one person misses one thing, right? And then things don't get handover. I know for sure, like when I've been mm -hmm. on, on, a, on a morning shift and I've handed over something and then, you know, you come back a couple of days later and that patient's still there and you're now on a different shift. And then that information that you know you've handed over is not still being passed on. And you're like, well, hang on a second. Like, <laughs> no, I told someone that this needed to change and it hasn't changed. And why is that? You know, and that and that's that's really why people are making mistakes. You, you know, if you're handed over, this medication has been ceased, but it hasn't been crossed out. I haven't been able to find the doctor to get them to cease it. Can you find the doctor? And that person forgets about it. Yeah, or they get busy. Ceased, and yeah, they get busy. What do we need to do <laughs> to make the system change? <laughs> Well, I think back to the old age, we need more staff so that people aren't with these. We're lucky, like in the public system, we have an EBA, which means, you know, we have a nurse patient ratio, midwife patient ratio. So you know that you're going to go in and have a certain amount of patients and that's it. In the private system, like this isn't the case. You can walk No, in, no, that's yeah, not. And there's no ratios. So you could go one day if it's quite, have two patients, the next day have 10. It's insane. I can't think of like looking after 10 patients. I know one of the major metropolitan hospitals brought in electronic drug charts. Because I know when I was going to do agency there, you had to undertake a mandatory training to actually mm. navigate how these work. And then 
Yeah, it was great. I was like, oh, God, it was actually quite difficult to do. But um, it cancelled the shift, so luckily didn't do it. But um, there's a certain, like, for example, the drug's due at 8 o'clock in the morning, and if you haven't signed off on your little tablet that you've given it at, you know, 8.29, they go, why haven't you given these? So it makes you not accountable. You are allowed to say, you know, patient unwell or unable to source the drug or... The only thing I noticed with those electronic drug charts, and again, I've only had small exposure to them as well, like in agency shift. The only thing I noticed is, for example, say you have like an eight-hour medication that's given every eight hours. Say the first one due at eight o'clock was given late at 10 o'clock. So then you'd probably give the next one late. For some reason, like the tablet didn't recognise like the time. And, you know, this was a while ago, so maybe they've changed that. But it wouldn't always recognise the time the first one was given. It would just know the first one was given. So it would just tell you to give the next one. Yeah, but you're actually giving it two hours earlier. Yeah. Have you guys ever made a medication error? Yes. Mine was when (laughs) I think everyone has. Like, I remember when I was in my grad year, and it seems really stupid now, um, and it's like it was very minor that I gave someone. So my, a lot of the women I charted Panadol, like QID. So, you know, every four to six hours. And I think I was on, I must have been on the evening shift. And then the last Panadol dose had been given late. And then so I gave the Panadol dose at like 10 o'clock, but it actually had only been given at like eight or something. Like someone had given, I can't even remember. But I remember, you know, I was given it and I was like, oh my God, I've given Panadol too soon. It's only two hours. And the midwife I was working with, she was like, oh, it's fine. It's just Panadol. Like, don't worry about it. And I was like, oh my God, no, I feel awful. I feel so terrible. I was like, I can't believe I've done this. I've got to go and tell the midwife in charge. And I remember telling the midwife in charge and I was crying going, I've made a mistake. Oh no. And then she was just like, oh, no, it's okay. Like, it's it's fine. And now I'm like, oh, you know, it's like a one-off dose of Panadol. It's really not. Obviously, you don't want to give a lot of Panadol. I mean, but, like, for one time, it's not that much of a big deal. That I'd made this mistake. And now I look at it. You know, when you see other things that happen, you're like, oh, my God, yeah. Please make your baby mistakes, have them little ones. So that makes you go, right, I need to always check things so that I don't make something mistake. Yeah. And there's a procedure. I remember my first medication error, as in I didn't get the medication wrong. I, it wasn't given because the miscommunication between myself and another midwife, it was in special care nursery. We both thought the other person had given it. She had handed over to me this needs to be given. I was like, okay. Then I went to some uh, in-service and I saw she was there too. And it occurred, I was like, oh, that's funny. I wonder what she's doing here. I'm here. I wonder, hmm, anyway. Oh, she must have given it. You know, it was like benzyl penicillin or something. And then I get three or four hours down the shift and I, I'm look. I'm like, oh, she forgot to sign it. So I call her and I'm like, so did you, you know that, Ben pen for that baby that you gave and she's like I didn't give it and I'm like did you give the one o'clock dose shit I didn't give I didn't give <laughs> and I think I was a grad as well or a grad plus one and I was so I was like oh my god oh my god it has it's missed like a whole you know but then I went to the doctor and spoke to them about it he was like that's fine I'll rechart it just give it now We'll make a note of it. I did a risk, man. I let the nurse in charge know. And it was fine. 
you know, the doctors were like, oh, no, that's not a big deal. But I was like, oh, my God, I'm dying inside. And the other midwife was at home feeling awful because we both thought we had done it because we both got told to go to the in-service. And then she went home and I thought she'd given it and she thought I had given it. <laughs> poor communication. Okay. Right? Yeah, poor communication and like when you're looking at documentation, because that does happen. People do forget to sign things off. Like the other day I went to go yeah. give someone their Klexan because it hadn't been signed. And then the girl, the lady was like, she's like, oh, no, I had that injection like two hours ago. And I was like, okay, then. Well, because you're not going to forget having an injection, are you? So I was like, okay, well, I won't give it again then. Um, Especially that one. That one hurts like a bitch. Oh, it stings. Can't forget that one. What about you, Penny? When I was a grad, or grad. Oh, my God. It's all when we were grads. <laughs> Uh, I was working in a surgical ward and someone was fasting for surgery. So I was like, you know, no, nothing, you know, food or fluids. And of course I start withholding all their medication. And then someone came around before the surgery and luckily said, no, they can actually have vital medication with a sip of water. But I was like, oh, withhold, withhold, withhold. Luckily I remember they were able to tell me just in time and gave the person the medication, went off to surgery. But um, yeah, valuable lesson. They can have their yeah, medication with a sip of Of course, I felt like a piece of crap and, you know, I felt like this stupid little nurse who was just, you know, trying to do the right thing. And then, yeah, that's why I'm not a surgical nurse anymore. One of the reasons. I had a similar one, though. Like, it's funny how it kind of revolves back around and then. You know, a few months later when you're working in the medical ward and you have a random surgical patient, someone goes, oh, they're fasting, so I've withheld everything. And I'm like, no, they can have it with a sip of water. But they even withheld, like, the IV medication. I was like, no, lovely. You still can give them. And it's the worst feeling when you do it. Oh, it is. It's you're the like, worst feeling. Because, you, you know, everyone looks at you going, oh, God, you just, you, they look at you like you've grown a second head and you're just this incompetent. And you feel yeah. bad for the rest of the shift in the subsequent days because then when you see that person, they're just going to look at you thinking, you know, you're the you're the idiot. And, you know, it kind of is good nowadays for me because, you know, if I see another medication error, I kind of like, I know the person's going to feel like absolute crap. So there's a way to go about it. Yeah, and yeah. I think we have to remember that we were all new nurses. No one was, you know what I mean? No one comes into this like very experienced and going, I know exactly what I'm doing. Like yeah. everyone comes in new and everyone will make an error at some point, but it's also making sure that you take account for that yourself and make sure that you then go on and be a lot more careful mm. in the future. I've seen nurses and midwives make medication errors that have affected them so much that it affects their performance in the future. It's, it's a medication error where, you know, it's caused a reaction in the patient or a skin reaction or so, like something like that. Um, nothing deadly, but enough for that midwife to be really, feel re so shit about herself that it affects how she works. And I feel like when we do, when we make even small medication errors, Panadol at the wrong time, or I think how many times I've forgotten to give someone their Movicol. I'm like, Ugh, whatever, big deal. But things like that, it's still an error and it's still something that's been missed. But no one gets, I feel like we don't really get counseled on it. Has anyone ever heard of someone being counseled? I think it's more if it is a, like, 
it's, you know, not that all the grads do medication errors, but I think it affects them quite a bit. So there's usually like an educator or a support person around to sort of help them back up when it's just not regular stuff and not that there's more of an onus on us, but I don't think we really have, we can go to the in charge, but you know, depends who the in charge is and depends who's on the shift with you. Cause if you're feeling like crap, you don't want, you know, some random person coming and going, Oh, are you okay? When you don't really get yeah. along with Just it. for like a minor error like that, I can't imagine, you know, like the little things that we do. I can't imagine anyone, you know, most people don't take it too seriously, but I guess they should be taken seriously because you get a bit blase about minor errors. Maybe that can lead you to doing major errors. If you've done some sort of major error, like these poor two nurses and midwives who have made this mistake, I mean, who knows what sort of counseling they got. From what I could read, one lost her license. It'd be really hard to practice after that. Like, how could you? And one quit. So I'm not sure who quit, who lost the license. I'm sure at some point later this will come out. Mm. And that's the thing. Like, I've read that article and it sounds like, and again, like you're saying, we're speculating. We don't know exactly what happened. We weren't there. And we're only going by what we're reading in the news. But it sounds... It sounded like a, a lot of staff in that hospital were unsupported. Yeah, and all I can speculate is that, obviously, no, they didn't purposely give the wrong dose. I'm assuming that it was a case of mistaken, like they picked up a, a vial, like the wrong vial, mm-hmm. and they give yeah. 100 mg's instead of 10 because they picked up the wrong vial. That's what I'm getting from it. Maybe they would need to look at things like do not keep medications that look that similar. Or have one of them with a very with a very different labeling, because they all really look similar. They're all these little ampules are small little clear glass <laughs> containers, and you really even when I'm checking the drugs, you know, at handover time, I have to really stare at some of them, mainly because I'm, you know, need glasses. <laughs> But I'm really looking at, what does that say? If someone's in a hurry, because, you know, they've got someone in labour, oh, and all of a sudden, generally in labour, it's meant to be one-on-one, but I can rattle off the amount of times that we've been so busy that you're actually looking after two labourers or a labourer and a postnate, and you're overwhelmed with all the everything coming in. So you're trying to get something very quickly. And I can only imagine if you were a junior staff member and you're just grabbing this and thinking, yeah, I've done it, yeah, great. And what if you're someone who's under pressure, gets so stressed that you're reading something wrong? Like you're a junior, you're under a lot of pressure. You're like, I swore it said 10 milligrams. You didn't see the extra zero. Yeah, or the case of being floated. So I've never seen this happen in birth suite. I will say that because generally it is a specialised area. But I have seen many a time on a postnatal ward where RNs, even um, other hospitals I work, I've seen ENs floated because they just they just need another body on the floor, and I've seen people come who have no experience in maternity. You know, I've worked to places where they try and float us as a midwife. I mean, technically, some of us are nurses as well down to a nursing ward. But if you have no experience in that area, it's still it doesn't seem very safe. The time they tried to float me down to the pediatric ward, I was like, uh, no. <laughs> I do not know what I'd be doing. I don't, they're like, no, you'd be fine. I'm like, no, I'm legally not covered. <laughs> I can't administer medication to these patients because yeah. I'm not a nurse. Yeah. Well, they sent me instead. And then, you know, I was getting oh, right. 
I showed it to you. I remember that day. But I think the onus came on me because I had to give IV antibiotics by burette, which I was never done, and pediatric morphine. Yeah. And I grabbed the nurse and I said, look, I have no idea how much to give. But like, is this too much? Like, no, no, that's fine. I'm like, oh, you sure? But I think if you do get moved to a different area, you are you should be able to say, I don't have experience with this area. I don't mm. know what I'm giving. I need support. It also depends who you, you find too, because someone might not know and find. You're someone who will say that, Penny. You're you're very vocal in like if you need help or you need like I've, you are. You look all sweet and quiet, but you're not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it always comes back to like the thing we always circle round to is that you've got to stand up for yourself and you've got to speak up for yourself. You don't feel safe going to another area. You know, you say, look, I don't feel safe. Or if I go there, I'm going to need a lot of support because I have no experience in this area. It's just hard, I think, when sometimes hospitals are just treating you like a body. Like, oh, they just need someone here. We'll put you there. And they're not really considering the ramifications of that because you think if you go there and make an error, who's got your back? And you you should be able to say, I don't feel comfortable working in this area, like you said, or if I do, I need extra support. Because that's when you're going to make the mistake, right? You're going to make the mistake when you're busy, unsupported. That's when you're going to make the error, right? And so wrapping it up, any last minute advice for, or any comments on the situation? Know your rights of medication, all of them, and ask don't for be, help. Don't be ask afraid. Speak up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if, if you sure, think something's ask. wrong, then be like, let's, you know, even if you have to get a third person to check it. I think the thing is, we've all agreed, is that you you need to ask for help. Like, no one ever got fired or let go or felt like a horrible nurse and midwife for asking a question, right? Like, you can ask a question, it could be the stupidest question ever that you think it's a stupid question, but someone else was probably wanting to ask it too. It has something to do with medication. You're better to ask and to get help and stop for a minute and concentrate on what you're doing. We hope you have enjoyed listening again this week. So as usual, if there's anything you want us to cover or talk about, just drop us a DM and give us a follow on Spotify. Bye. Thanks. Bye. 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 And be sure to tune in next time for more laughs, thrills and real stories from real midwives on Head On View.